in that little form. He said a few words, but really what he's saying to us is, have a little bit of faith. That little bit of faith, if it starts the same how a mustard seed starts, it can grow. grow, 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 grow. Hey, I'm Amani. And this is Elijah. And this is the Deeper Waters Podcast by Piscatus Bros. Diving right into the waters right here. <laughs> so essentially, we are here to give some sort of Gen Z Bible study, you could say, where we are here as Gen Zers, and we are here to come to you and bring God's word. We are Gen Zers. We were, we're, we're told off that we're sleeping, and we might just be validating that point right now. But anyways, going into what we were looking at earlier, we're just trying to follow that same call to be fishers of people, or what we believe, disciples. Simply, you could call us Piscatas Rose. There's a difference between fishing as a lifestyle and fishing as a hobby. And when you're living to be a disciple maker, you're pushing yourself, but when you push yourself so much, sometimes you'll you'll eventually get to that state where you, where you just start doing it. Because what, what, what would really happen if we, if we were wrong? Nothing. But if we were wrong in the other way, man, what, what, what would that life be like? 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 Hey guys, what's up? I am not excited about this topic, mostly because it reminds me of uh, high school multiplication. High school? Was it high school? Uh, I struggled with multiplication throughout school, okay? Elementary all the way to high school. Okay, now what he's thinking is, you remember when you were in elementary school and they gave out those little papers? It was, it was, a times, it was times, and you only had a limited amount of time. It was times, tables, and a minute. And they would oh pass those gosh. sheets out. Dude, why are you talking about this? this oh, okay, okay. I loved it, it because uh, well, I didn't love it, but my third grade teacher, when she was teaching us like a lot about multiplication, like there was a whole ice cream sundae thing, and each time you did good, you got another topping. And if you got all the way, like you did your ones, and then you did your twos, and then you did your threes, all the way up to twelve, and yeah. you can have up to twelve toppings in your ice cream. And like, I what think happened? What was the end? Most, a lot of people got to twelve. Not everybody, actually. Some people only got missed a couple in between, so they didn't get sprinkles, <laughs> oh, or they didn't get a cherry, or yeah. they didn't get whipped cream. I was like, man, that sucks to suck. I mean, yeah, I did. So you had good experience. My experience was, I'd look at that sheet and go, "What in the world?" Even still, and I know I said high school <coughs> at the beginning, but I still feel like it's high school too, where I was like, I still. I hated multiplication. I, I was good in school, but math, I, oh man, I absolutely hated. But, and actually, you know, I don't even think we introduced what this topic was. Well, today we're going to be talking about, can you be multiplied? And you see, um, other than the, the bad memories that come to mind, the first story that came to mind um, was when God multiplied the bread and the fish from the young boy, when he took the five loaves and the two fish and he multiplied it. He, he was in a crowd, a huge crowd. God was amongst this crowd and it was time to eat and they were hungry. And they, the disciples didn't know how they were going to feed them. They were like, how, how are we going to feed these people? What are we going to do? And all they could find was five loaves and two fish from this little boy that his mom had given him. And he goes and God performs a miracle and there ends up being more than what it started out with at the end. They look back in the basket, there was even more than five loaves and two fish. So it is really cool. E- even though that little bad story I could think of, there's that story plus so many more in the Bible where God truly multiplied something. 
And I, and I love listening to these stories. Yes. And there's a couple things to unpack even in that little story. There was faith of the little boy who came up and gave us food. Mm-hmm. And they did exceedingly and abundantly more than what they even needed. They had so many baskets left over afterwards. And, of course, we love to keep a fish thing. There's bread and fish. <laughs> um, yeah. So keeping that in our little Piscata's Rose theme right there. But there's the faith aspect. And then also the food didn't come from an adult. The food came from a kid that they didn't even know. Mm-hmm. This kid was in the crowd, and he just happened to have what it took. Yeah. It didn't take a whole lot to do. Yeah, but he, but he had the faith for that to work out, yeah? And he said, here, he gave it to God without question. He said, hey, I mean, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I'll give it to you. Absolutely. It just it just takes a little bit of faith. Absolutely. So, you know, you would expect a whole lot more, maybe somebody who just happened to have more food. No, there wasn't a lot yeah. of food. It was a small lunch, even maybe even for the boy. And mm-hmm. he used that. And then on top of that, it wasn't just the fact that it was a random person, but a random person who was willing. Yeah. You also have to be willing to allow God to work in your life. Absolutely, 100%. And as we get into this, the first topic we kind of want to bring up today is, do you have issues preventing you from growth, preventing you from growing and being multiplied by God. And the first scriptures we have is Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. And it says, Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your sins that cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. It's really interesting how we just did an episode on sin and how it's disobedience to God, but Mm -hmm. it also creates a separation. God is still speaking. God is still working, no matter if we are coming to him or not. Yeah. But are we doing our part? We always have a part to play in the equation. God will do above and beyond what we can ask for, above and beyond what we can ever imagine. Yeah. And he has a perfect way of doing things, whether or not you're going to be a part of it. But as for you and for things to go work out together for your good, mm-hmm. when you're showing love, God's love language of obedience. Yeah then you'll be able to be a part of that plan. But how are you supposed to be multiplied or even used, not even multiplied, but in the most basic ways if you're not listening? That's how yeah. sin can really make a mess of whatever you're trying to do. Sin is a separation. Yeah, it absolutely. says right here, your iniquities have separated you from God. It wasn't mm-hmm. your qualifications. It mm-hmm. wasn't your wisdom level. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you being yeah. super able to speak or having all these abilities. No, it was the iniquities that have separated you. And it also says your sense of hidden you, hidden his face from you. It kind of reminds me a little bit of how it worked in the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. You know, when they sinned, that's when they didn't want to hear what God had to say. They didn't want to be near him. You know, being multiplied is mentioned so many times in the Bible and in and, and, and different terms, obviously. But what we're talking about today is just, can you be multiplied? Can you be used? Is what you have giving to God worth being amplified to a higher level? And so when you have that sin in your life and those things that prevent you from letting God do that, if God were to amplify you and you have these sins in your life, That would be an amplifier of bad things. Do you really want to be known as the person that is amplifying these evil things and doing these evil things 
because it started off with something little. That's how you were living. But then you're asking God and you're going to God for him to help you grow, help you be multiplied. And then you're getting multiplied. What you're being multiplied is nothing, is is worthless because you're not with God. And you have that sin hidden in you, or not even hidden. You're just living that sinful life. That multiplication will just be more sin. Yes, the way you're living, both in public and in private, really will affect how you are able to be used. And you may even be doing a ministry and be like, why is it not having the reach I need to have? Mm-hmm. God can use people who are doing stupid stuff, yeah, even if they're not committed. But why would God bless somebody and continually bless them and not let them fall if why would he why would he use somebody who's messing up Mm -hmm. if you're doing the right things god is going to use you whether you may be doing a ministry that may not be meant to be done forever Mm -hmm. but god is not going to continue keep continuing to bless you and bless you we've seen plenty even within the past two years big big name people who had big churches and big influences fall, but they also, if you examine their life, even even what you can see in the public eye, were they really representing everything that they were even teaching? I am not going to judge the doctrines of the people who are talking about. Yeah. But just the basic principles yeah. of what the Bible says, were these people actually living that even yeah, because, openly? Yeah, because God's amplifying the good stuff and... That bad stuff just kept adding up. That bad stuff kept going to where it ended up eventually just completely affecting their whole ministry. Absolutely. And and this kind of goes into our next scriptures um, in Galatians. Yeah, so Galatians 6, 1 through 10. It's a little bit of a lengthy passage, but we'll go through it real quick. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person get back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burden and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone else, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. I love that. (laughs) Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God should provide their teachers, sharing all sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You can mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired from doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. I mean, I love this scripture so much. And my favorite, I have to say, and what really goes with what we're talking about is uh, verse 8. And it reads, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. Literally says what we're talking about. If you're a mess, God's not going to multiply that because multiplying that equals death and decay. Now you will, you still will get the product that you're getting. All the wages of sin is death. You're going to get paid for what you did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You may not like the payment, but you're going to get paid for what you did, no matter if it's good or bad. But the difference is when it comes to a ministry sense for you doing your Bible studies or mm-hmm. even as a church as a whole, maybe you're helping leading a church yeah. or 
any type of ministry, it doesn't matter. It matters what you are yielding, both in your personal life, regardless of if it's a big or small ministry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And literally later on, it finishes, but those who live to plea, to li- live to please the Spirit harvest everlasting life it doesn't say that is doing the best the person that is completing everything the person that is on the top of the mountain that everyone sees is in is in the limelight it says they live to please the spirit they live for god they live to do what god wants them to do it doesn't say you have to do all this special stuff that's what i love about this because it it, it's down to the nitty-gritty of if you are living bad bad things will happen if you're living to try to please God and try to do good, good things will happen. It, it shows that it doesn't matter. The limelight and what, what, uh, what people see doesn't matter. But what is truly happening with your own personal life. Yes. Another interesting thing you'll see too is that there's multiple characters in the Bible who had a lot of faith and really not a lot of skill. You'd see Moses. He didn't speak very well, but he led his, the whole nation of Israel out of Egypt. There's Paul. I believe he wasn't the greatest speaker. He spoke, obviously, he wrote yeah. almost all of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. But he, there's a, a scripture where it talks about eloquent, eloquent speakers, but a lot of preachers, they may sound foolish when they're doing it, not mm-hmm. because of having no wisdom, but just because of the way you present. Versus some people, they may have great speaking squil- skills. They can speak with eloquence, but they can be lying to your face. Absolutely. It doesn't matter precisely what your skills are because God will use the foolish things to confound the wise. It says it in the scriptures. So it's not about your qualifications. It's about the faith that you had. But I don't want to get too ahead of myself. There's a couple other things you can look at when it comes to your ministry and multiplying and discipling others. So at the beginning, say you're doing a ministry with other people. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, it talks about if another believer, which is somebody who's already in the church, Mm-hmm. And probably working with you in your ministry, whether that be in your church, at a school, yeah. wherever you're doing your ministry. It's just if they're overcome by sin, you who are godly should keep in mind gently and hum- humbly, not pridefully, gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Yeah. So Jesus, he fellowshiped with sinners a lot when he was reaching out to them. But when yeah. it comes to the people who you're doing ministry with, you don't need to necessarily reject them right away because they don't want to live what they're speaking and what they believe. Yeah. But what you need to do is help them get back onto that path. Yeah. Like we mentioned earlier, God's not going to multiply a mess. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that you're helping other people and doing so in a careful way that you don't fall into that same temptation yeah. and going in a situation that you're going to get pulled into. You don't yeah. want to do that. But you do need to make sure that the people you're working with Because you may be fine, and I know I've seen it unfold in a couple ministers that I've been around recently. You may be a very, very anointed people, and I know some very, very anointed people who are still doing a ministry, but the people, some of the people who they were surrounded with were not living the life that they needed to live, and it really messed things up. It didn't destroy them. It didn't destroy them. It didn't destroy the ministry. They're still doing stuff, but it really badly impacted the impact of their whole entire ministry as a whole. They still were able to save it because God's still in it. But because some people who were not living a right lifestyle and it wasn't fully corrected the right way, yeah. it caused Absolutely. And, and you see, it, it talks about another believer. So many times when you know somebody has the same faith, it's a lot quicker to 
well, you are you know better. You know better, so you yeah. shouldn't be doing this. And you and you're so quickly to judge. And even if you're not judging, just be so get angry with them because you you think, well, they know what I think, and how can they go and do this stuff? But it says gently. And, you know, it tells you to be calm about it. Respect them because you know there's something in your life that you deal with too. Everyone has something that they that their they own deal evil with, their own desire. evil desires. But we need to be able to help them because they may not fall under the same thing you fall under, and you may not fall under what they're falling under, and you may not understand that. But it talks about being not careful because if we're going to the world. And we do this, we need to also be willing to do this to our fellow brothers and sisters that believe the same thing because they're just as likely to fall as anybody else. They're human. They have flesh. So we need to gently and carefully do that. Absolutely. Yes. And the other thing is, it's very important to notice that it says if another believer, not another new convert, Mm -hmm. we cannot expect a baby to, it says, it talks about how you need to move from milk to meat. You do you don't want to s- start holding people to a certain standard and all this stuff as soon as they get into the church. Mm-hmm. You're not never going to grow if you're giving a. For example, I know when you raise dogs and raise mm-hmm. all sorts of different pets, you have to give them different types of food as they grow up. They have to have milk at first, yeah. and even when you start to get them on food, you have to do it in a certain way because if you just give them food, they're not going to eat it. And if they don't, have, if you keep trying to give them food instead of the food that they need at that age and their stage of their life, they'll die. Yeah. So how are you going to expect to be multiplied if you keep giving all these new people all these big standards and all these big things that they need to follow when they're not ready for that? Mm-hmm. Now they can grow quicker. That's possible. But you cannot expect somebody new to do – you can't hold them to the same standard. But yeah, when you're working with somebody, it's very important not to make excuses for that person. Mm-hmm. So if that's that's a big problem in your ministry. God won't multiply a mess. So you need to make sure that you and everybody you're working with, you're not going to be perfect people. But you need to make sure they're not living a lifestyle of sin. Your life should be a sacrifice. And you have to sacrifice things in your life in order to – reach everything that God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. But you can't be living a lifestyle that you're just pleasing your own flesh or yeah. you'll harvest what you reap. Yeah. And, and the next scripture that comes to mind, and we're talking about giving sacrifice and, and we need to have faith to be able to sacrifice these things. The next scripture that comes to mind um, is Matthew uh, 17 and 20. And it talks about right here, it says, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Yes, mustard seed faith is a big thing. Mm -hmm. As a Christian, if you haven't heard anything about mustard seed faith, I don't know what church you're going to, because (laughs) that is a big part of what we use in the gospel. and. Just looking at the, not even looking at all the things that was used in scripture to talk about, but just looking at the anatomy and that specific analogy, I think it's important. God always, Jesus, God, same person. He always used parables when he was mm-hmm. talking about that, all these different teachings, but it was very, he, he was very intentional with the things that he picked. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the mustard seed, it's only the size of one to two millimeters. Mm-hmm. And when you plant that seed, it only takes eight to ten days to germinate. Now, anything that you plant, really, it's not going to yield that harvest right away. It's just yeah. kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Like you can be planting a seed that's not good, 
Mm-hmm. It's, you, it may not show signs right away, but it'll show. So just because you have faith and you don't see something right away, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that nothing's going to come from that. It took eight to ten days for it to germinate and to sprout. Yeah. But after that, it can grow into a plant that's between six to 20 feet on average. <sighs> and it can name. even get up to 30 feet as some mm-hmm. of the bigger ones. Yeah. And if you do the math, if it, if you really got all the way to the biggest, it would be... 4,572 times bigger than what it began. That's the multiplication right yeah, there. Right. That is wow. some exponential growth right there. And, and I know like in countries, some other countries, they, some people even think they're weeds because they, they grow so much and they, there's so much of them that can grow. And, and that's crazy to me because, I mean, God uses it in this, in this verse and he says, um, you don't have enough faith. He starts this out and he just says, you don't have enough faith. All you need is the size of mustard seed. And, you know, if you don't know anything about a mustard seed, and honestly, I'm going to be honest, before we did research for this podcast, I can't say I knew a lot about mustard seed. I'd heard some stuff from preachers and different things, but done research myself, not necessarily. And then to learn that it it can grow so fast and grow so big from that little thing. I think it really explains what God was trying to get to us in that little form. He said a few words, but really what he's saying to us is have a little bit of faith. That little bit of faith, if it starts the same how a mustard seed starts, it can grow. But I need you to just give that little bit. That's all you have to do. And I will help you. And I'll water you. And I'll make sure I'm there to watch you grow. But I'm going to take care of you. But you just need to start. You need to start your faith as that mustard seed. And you can grow so huge and so mighty. Yes. And it says that's all you need. And if you have that, you can move mountains. And it's very interesting the way that he said that because... We see how it went from a one to two millimeter all the way so much bigger, 4,572. Such, that's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. But beyond how big it grows, it also spread. It could spread. I know there's another weed that was big. Uh, it's called kudzu. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it, mm-hmm. but it, it was a big problem. And it would spread like wildfire because it was good for the climate that it was in. But if you put it somewhere else, it would take over. Really? And that's when certain things are classified as a weed. Mm -hmm. But when you actually have something good and that you can use for other things. So if our gospel is so... You see, the gospel makes people mad, actually. Mm -hmm. That's another point that you can take from this. You can multiply so much and spread so fast. Like Even when the church was born after Jesus rose... And the church started in Acts. It did spread like wildfire. And they were trying so hard to stop it out, but it didn't work. But another thing that's important aside from having that little faith is to hold fast in that faith. To keep the faith long enough for it to grow into something bigger. And if you keep the faith, it's going to spread inevitably. If you actually have faith, not faking like you have faith. But if you actually have faith, it will inevitably spread. You know, and that's what we've been talking about here is that it doesn't matter what everyone else sees and, and what shows we put on and what other people's shows put on, it matters what's on the inside. No matter what you do on the outside, what people see, it truly only matters on the inside, right? It, it doesn't matter what what other people may believe or, or really what you could see yourself as. As long as you're striving for that and you're striving to do better, I think that's what you really want to do. Yes, and you also have to believe in God's ability to use you mm-hmm. despite your skills, 
Moses wasn't a speaker. He didn't think he was going to lead anybody, yet he led all of Israel yeah. out. Yeah. Paul, Paul also wasn't that much of a speaker either. And he, in fact, he was uh, the main murderer of Christians. And then he became one of the biggest leaders, if not one of the, the biggest, aside from Jesus himself, as far as the Christian church. So it doesn't matter what your past is or what qualifications you have or what abilities you have. It matters the faith. And if you hold fast to that faith, you can grow as exponentially as a mustard seed. And another thing, too, that you know about mustard seeds is that there's all sorts of different types of mustard seeds. There's all sorts of different uses for mustard seeds. So your faith can grow and help out all sorts of different ministries and be used in so many different ways in your church, in your organization, and even maybe not things that are actually sponsored by God, I want to say, or like God affiliated, <laughs> yeah. but it can also help you in other things because really your whole life can be a ministry if you have God on your mind and you're actually living your life as a sacrifice for Christ. We're talking about planting the mustard seed. Another scripture that actually came to my mind while we were thinking about this, and um, it talks about planting. Um, 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. The one who plants generously will get a generous crop. So, you know, in this it's talking about if you only put in a little bit of effort, you're only going to get back a little bit, right? If you only put in a small amount, You'll get out a little bit bigger than that, but it's still going to be a small amount. But if you put in all your time, all your effort, and truly put that in, and not just, oh, for so people can see me, I'm going to go do this for the church, but but because you want to and because you love God, that what you sow will be, be reaped so plentifully. Absolutely. I believe in that 100%. I love this scripture. Yes. And if even if you continue, it says... You must decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. If you're only doing this much because everybody else is doing it, then your your response and your, not your response, but your harvest is not necessarily going to reflect that. But if you're doing it with a generous and genuine heart, that's why it's so important to be genuine in your faith, genuine in your walk with God and not just doing it because you feel like you have to then you're going to get the harvest that matches the energy of what you've put in mm -hmm. or even exceed that. But you're only going to get as much as what you put in. You can't expect to get all the stuff if you only, I'm only going to put an hour a week. Yeah. Well, then you're only going to get a swimpy hour a week stuff out of all mm -hmm. you do. You need to make sure that you are putting in your full effort. I know I hear it all the time said in churches or even not in churches. It's not about the numbers is what a lot of people like to say. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That is a bold face lie. What do you mean it's not about the numbers? Are you saying that you want to see more people go to hell? Are you yeah. saying that you... No. And I get it. It's not set with mal intent. Mm. But it does matter about the numbers. We still need to be cautious and watch. Even in yeah. a factory, you, know. you have quality and quantity. Mm. You need to make sure that, of course, you're not so focused on the numbers that you're not worried about making sure yeah. they're actually getting discipled well, correctly. Well, I think people look at it as, you know, um, when they look at it, when they say that, I think it's a lot of times like, we're small, so that's okay. 
And I agree, if you're putting in the effort and you're really trying and you're doing all this and it, there is no growth right now, that's okay. And that is within God's timing. And, and we talked about that in the previous episode, God's timing and how you need to follow God's timing. But just because you're small now doesn't mean you shouldn't be trying to grow because we want people to go to God. I mean, that's why we talk about in every podcast being a disciple maker, because we want more people. And for people to say it's, it doesn't matter, that that that's it's funny to hear. And I, I actually 100% agree with that statement. It does matter. The numbers do. Because without winning souls, there's no point in us being here. Because God said we as the believers are here to go out and bring his word. If, if, we weren't, if we weren't here to bring out his word, there'd be no one else to do it. There'd be no point in us being here. But we're here to collectively to go out and bring more people. So there's more of us. So we keep reaching and keep growing to grow that kingdom of heaven. So when we're in heaven, there's so many of us. That's what we want. And I think that's the goal I, I see myself trying to go for every day is that I'm not just doing this so I go to heaven because I want to go to heaven. But now that if, if I work on my day, I wake up in the morning, I worry about myself. I say, take some time. I make my prayers. And then I go and say, hey, God, let me be a disciple maker because I want others to have the same experience. I want others to be able to make it to heaven with me. I think you need to live by that. Yes, and a lot of people, they have that mindset with, they're not thinking that bad always. Some people Mm -hmm. use it to be complacent, but some people unconsciously, I almost said misconsciously, that's not (laughs) correct English, unconsciously use that and it kind of limits them because they're not focused fully on our, the word is for everybody, it's for Jew and Gentile as when it began it was a lot of people thought only Jews were saved and whatever, yeah. but once Christ came, he came for everybody. So yeah. it, and it, it's not just for a certain generation, it's for their children and all the generations are far off. It's for yeah. everybody. So we need to make sure that we're reaching out to everybody and not limiting God's reach. God can reach anybody, but we need to make sure we're doing our effort to spread the word. God is willing to use anybody to do anything as long as you're willing yeah. in part. Yeah, he's going to help you. And when you do your part and you do your things, it only is going to bless you. It'll bless the people after you, It'll bless the people you're working for. And you putting in those times and those moments where you're where you're trying and maybe you don't see those results. Maybe you don't see things happening. You will then see it at the end. I mean, it, you may never see anything of what you've done until you get to heaven. But imagine you get to heaven. And God says, this is who you helped get to heaven. And then there's hundreds of people, people you've never met before, but because you put in the work and, and you did these things and, and you were willing to be multiplied by God, he and then turned and helped, you helped save people's lives, to save people to go to heaven. 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 <laughs> what is that? Is that the, uh, I know that's a, a weird belief that different, like there's an in-between yeah, or something. It's a different religion. I don't believe, they believe that. I don't they believe, believe in heaven that. and that religion. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, heaven, you weird. absolutely. Yes, and I know another thing, too, is a lot of time we get impatient, which, we you know, we said God's timing. We really had a whole episode of that and not rushing that. It took 10 days alone with the seed to even sprout. So you have to hold fast in the faith, but also that it wasn't fully grown after that 10 days. It sprouted after the 10 days. So you saw progress after the 10 days. Mm-hmm. But there's still more progress. There's always more to grow. And then even beyond that, when it starts to spread even beyond you and what you can do, each pod has 8 to 10 seeds inside of it. And that's just one pod. You have a yeah. bunch of pods on them trees. Yeah, absolutely. So it will really become exponential after you start and continue to grow. 
You need to make sure that you're planted well in the word and rooted in the word well. Because if you're not rooted, you can have a little bit of faith, but you're not rooted. You're going to get swept away real easily with the storm that comes by. But if you're rooted and you keep the faith and you hold out, even when it seems like you're not growing as fast as you want to go or you're not really seeing any progress yet, if you keep putting it all that you have, you're going to fulfill the God has for you in its fullest extent. Yeah, and this goes with the scripture perfectly. If you, if you read in um, Luke 18, I was going to do 29 and 30, but I'll also read 28 because it's important what Peter says in 28. He says, Peter said, we've left our homes to follow you. Peter's talking to Jesus and he says, we've left what we had, everything. He said, we're leaving this to follow you. Jesus responds in 29 and says, yes. And I assure you that everyone who has given up their house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in his, in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. Like we're talking about, if you're willing to give up those things and, and make those sacrifices and, and put in that time to be multiplied, because it, it takes sacrifice. It takes um, trying to stay away from sin. It, it takes sacrificing your flesh on a daily basis to be multiplied by God. But if you're willing to put in these things, God said that you will be repaid many times in this life. And also in eternity, you know, you'll, you'll see your fruits. Most of the time you'll see your fruits when you get older and your, and your life goes on. But even when you don't, and even if that, it, if you think, well, man, maybe that was, maybe I didn't do enough. You will also see it in eternity. Because the end goal, as we all know, is eternity, is, is meeting God in heaven and living with him in eternity. But our, we need to make sure we're being multiplied on this earth for us to be able to go to eternity, you know. Yes. And on top of that, when you're looking through the Bible, especially specifically in Romans, it talks about living your life as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You're not living for yourself when you're living for God. You're living for God. Like, I think a lot of people don't realize when you're living for God, you're living for God and not yourself. Yeah. We live in a self-help world, mm-hmm. a microwave world, where we want everything to be for us and everything to be for us now. With <laughs> God, it's the exact opposite. God's going to do it in his timing. Mm-hmm. No, it's not about you. <laughs> you got you to gotta twist it. And yeah. then some people like to say that you got to twist it, all sorts of botched stuff. No, you need to rewind, rewire your mind to remember I'm living for God, not for me. Yeah. And I'm going to do everything in faith that God tells me to do when he says to do it. And then allow the process and the progress to come in his timing. I'm going to do everything mm-hmm. within my power. And then once I gave my all, it's up to God from yeah, then on. Absolutely. And when you're living that life as a sacrifice, Christ- Christianity, a lot of people, they kind of get People who aren't living it correctly, should I say, because it's yeah. not actually Christianity, but they're under the title and we get blamed for people who, unfortunately, we get blamed for what people don't do correctly. Yeah. But it's all about being selfless. It goes on in the same same book of Romans talking about living selflessly and doing all you can to help other people in the church and even reaching out to others. Yeah. We need to make sure that we're living a sacrifice first to God, selfless, putting him above us, but we also need to put other people above us. Now, not to the point to where it damages our health. We need to make sure that we're still healthy. Mm-hmm. We still need to take a rest. God took a rest on the seventh day. So that was yeah. an example for us to take. But we still need to do all we can to help other people out. And when we help others, we will be blessed ourselves. Yeah. If we don't focus on ourselves, we're going to receive the blessings without even trying yeah. to get the blessing. And, and this is all about what you feel on the inside. And sometimes it's, sometimes you may 
if you're living a certain life. It may take some time of rewiring yourself, re- making yourself understand this fully. And I believe once you come to understand it, you'll then eventually fully agree with it that when you put in the time and help people, it makes you in turn feel better. It, help, it helps you out truly. It really does. I mean, you can hear people say that. And if, if you're in that frame of mind where you hear what we're saying and you're going, but when I just, well, you know, for me, it, it just doesn't work like that. You know, what, I, I agree. You guys are great. What you're saying is great. But for me, that doesn't work. But I challenge you to take the time, you know, and truly find it within yourself to do that because it's all on the inside. Everything you do, it's on the inside. And if you train yourself and work on yourself to love and appreciate people and take the time and become these disciple maker stuff, God will then help multiply you and you'll be worth being multiplied. This is not even in our notes at all, but this is a big anecdote that I felt like we needed to insert in here. Mm-hmm. Multiplication in the faith is real when you have faith and you hold out. Mm-hmm. It just came to me when I was thinking about P7, which is a year ago now when I was yeah. back in high school. But it started when I was in eighth grade. I really wasn't much of a speaker. I'm still, I want to consider myself a speaker when I'm able to do it now. Yeah. But I don't know how I ended up starting it, but I answered the call in faith to do that in eighth grade. And it was a decent size in eighth grade. And then when I got to high school, I had a couple of people to help, but it it wasn't. It wasn't big. It wasn't really all that good. Yeah. We had four people that came every week, and they were all from our church. Yeah, I, I remember when you and you invited me. I'm, I was homeschooled at the time, and so I, um, I didn't have a P seven, and we were on online school. So you know, I'm have a P seven with my mom if I want to. But you know, uh, I got invited to that, and yeah, like you said, there were so few people. You know, it kind of sometimes can discourage you a little bit. Yeah, and just right before he got there, which. I know that's skipping. What what year did you join? Um, was it sophomore was the, or junior year that you? Um, actually, I joined ninth, ninth grade. At the end of ninth grade, actually. You I were there of, when there was only four people. I was there when there was only four people, man, and that was. <laughs> it was something oh, else, and man, we didn't I have. And the thing that. was, was like people were talking about how stupid it was. Even when I was in eighth grade, the one of the people who were helping me kind of ditched on me it was just like it was i had to keep doing it even when i didn't feel like doing it that's gonna happen regardless of whatever ministry you're gonna have to keep holding on holding fast and we didn't see results right away now i will say the eighth grade one kind of got big and then a lot of people didn't want to come some people that came back some people didn't and then when we went to high school and i had people from more people from church to help which was nice not to only do it by myself yeah it wasn't as much help as i'd like but, you know, there's still more people there. But it, then it didn't grow right away. I thought it was going to no. grow. We had a room, and we didn't even get respected in that room because I had asked the person. Apparently, there's a P7 right before we left, and stuff happened, and it, mm. it got messed up. And I think the person ended up passing away who did it. But right before we got there, we there was a different P7 there that was from somebody from our church, but it ended before the year even ended, but we went back to that room mm-hmm. and the person was like, yeah, the person, the person who ran it before you did it here. So you could do it here. We go there, we have it in this room and we had absolutely no respect. Yeah. It was also the room of the drama room. So people were going in and out. People were not even coming for the meeting and they were eating the pizza that we had. I was <laughs> oh, not happy man, about that. That was the worst. We had a bunch of pizza for the yeah. people who actually came for that. And it, it just wasn't good. And it, it declined in size. And then we only had four people that whole year. But then that next year, we had yeah. 
about 16 people on average. And that was a dramatic difference. And a lot of people were not from our church. And I I remember that year because even the next year, it grew a little bit. It it wasn't much, like about 16, maybe to 20 at that point, that next following year. It didn't get huge. But those two years, those next two years, the growth, even though it wasn't that much, the growth made you realize, man, if I just, I put, we put in a little bit of effort that I remember when I joined you in the, in the final at that last year, I remember it was like, well, hey, you know what? It's not great, but you know what? It's growing. That's a positive because at first you said it was shrinking. When I joined, I didn't see the shrinking, but you did obviously. And so when I came, it was small. So when I came, all I knew was the few people that came. So the growth at the first thing, and then a few extra people the second year wasn't that many, but, but the fact that it grew even more was, was so amazing in that 11th and that 11th year. And I know I started really helping out, um, we're truly in the eleventh. Uh, you helped. 11th grade. I know you helped out a lot in eleventh, and then yeah. when I was actually over it, I had you and some other people helping. Yeah, and that was wait. A, wait. So I was the. Can you officially say I was like your 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 number two? Right. I was. I was a solid number two. That's a controversial topic. <laughs> what. We and had I was the best. him and we had about? one other advisor. It was weird. I was the hierarchy. best advisor. I had a whole, I had a whole not, thing I'm made. I'm staying objective. I had a whole thing made with my picture on it. Had had the high school name on it. I was like, it was a whole, it was a whole so joke. With it, but people, people were following with it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we only had about 2025, 20, and then we grew so big that we had to leave that classroom. Oh my gosh, we actually yeah. moved classrooms after that first year because we were like, that, yeah, this is was... not going to work. Actually, we didn't, weren't even in that same classroom the whole year. Yeah. We never had really an official classroom just because of how mm-hmm. bad it was. And then we actually locked down a classroom and even had a teacher that would actually allow us to use it. Yes, and, she, and sometimes she would sit in, so that was, that was yes, awesome. Yes, and she was enjoying it. She didn't necessarily help us much. But they're not even really supposed to help. So that yeah. was, it was just nice that even you, you become more grateful for things and you didn't have it at first. And then you yeah. get even just the basic stuff. Because when you do a Christian club, you, you don't get materials like that. You have to do all that yourself. So you're going to have to put in a lot mm-hmm. of times outside of the meeting. And you're not going to get any help from any teachers, any faculty or anything like that. But it's so worth it in the end. So after we got to that second room, mm-hmm. we got some more consistent members of people were actually there to learn. We were having amazing discussions in the meeting. And then we even had a lot more people from our church join. And that was, that was definitely helpful when, when we had more people to be able to be on our sides, because as Christians, as we go and we try to minister it, sometimes it is a challenge when, when there's so few of you and and there, there became quite a few. Absolutely. It was really good. Man, I, I was so, um, excited after that 11th year. I think after that 11th year, as I became more a part of it, I think as we decided we were going to start and becoming who was in charge, you became in charge that final year. And I was helping. I think we just came really excited for this next year. And then, yeah. Yeah, So there was some exponential growth. But I think another thing to keep in mind too, there's the scripture on one could put a thousand to flight, two could put 10,000 to flight. It's not 2,000 to flight, it's 10,000. You working together with another believer who is living the right life just like you are and putting the same sacrifice in, it's going to exponentially grow your ministry. And it even talks about, you know, there's one and two and a three band chord is really strong and mm-hmm. it can't really be broken. When you work together with other believers, it's going to exponentially grow your ministry. So as we went on that last year, we well over doubled. We got so big to where we couldn't even be in a classroom. We ended up changing rooms again in that and we got uh, into it the- was our junior year. We before we even got to the 
last year, which is big. We yeah. got so big that we went to the library for a little bit. That didn't work out. So then we went to one of the biggest rooms that we could have that was available to you. That was actually a classroom. Yes. Yeah. And that was, we were there for just about a whole year. But that was, that was pretty big, too. Mm-hmm. And then, and then final that year. final year, we were so big that none of the classrooms Actually, I'm, I'm looking were. at it. I'm actually looking at a picture. And if I count... Because um, we never really had a head count. I really wish we would have done that. Been, but I, I remember it was like, 50. that's what I'm saying. In this picture, there was 52 kids at the 1P7 counting. Everybody that was there, there were 52 kids in that picture. I mean, that <laughs> I remember having our first one. and We started the year not in this. But when we, when we realized, wow, this is big when you go to cafeteria, there were some struggles with that. And, and anything you do for God, sometimes there will be struggles. There's and, growing and there was, pains. There's growing pains. And, and there was some things wrong with that. And, of course, that leads to 2020, which we ended up having to cancel the last two months of P7, which was really, really rough. But before that, I mean, we had 52 kids going. And, and, we, we were and that doing was our more biggest one. Yeah. We, we got more help. People were getting more involved. We had people teaching that last year it was such a burden the first few years because it's just me you the old leader which we'll have on the podcast probably eventually but we we were working really hard but eventually it became almost easier a little bit in certain aspects but but we were also focusing more on promotion we would sit out and do fundraisers and we even we did some events at our church off campus outside it it started to grow as a minister as a whole and then we had a huge event rally yeah uh, there were over 100 people there yeah that was amazing and i and i love that rally because we i mean we were in in we were tasked not in tasked (laughs) but we were tasked with Running a whole rally by ourselves, which was a challenge, but with the funding and all this and stuff, it, it ended up being a lot. But we had a ble- we were blessed for putting in that work. We had over a hundred people, and, and and I want to go back on the P seven where we were at. We were in the cafeteria, and like I said, there are fifty two people in that picture. But not even talking about the people that those are the people that were sitting down fully. They went to the whole thing beginning to end. But the people that would walk by because this is the area people are walking out to leave the school. This is when school's ending, people are leaving. The people that would stop by, walk over, sit down for a few minutes, have to stay for the whole thing. Usually our lesson was, we do like a small game, our lesson was towards the beginning of our hour-long P7. Our lesson was within the first 20 minutes of that whole thing. We do a small game than that. So people were still, most half the people hadn't even left school yet, or, or about half of them. So there were people just Oh, I'm not my mom. My ride's not here yet. My parents aren't here to pick me up, or whoever's picking them up. I'm gonna sit down. Hey, listen to what they have to say. The people that we could have impacted that we don't know yet. We don't know who those were, and maybe they didn't say anything to us. But sitting down and hearing what was talked about, and we talked about the love of God, and and we always made sure to talk about God's love in every P seven. Because that is the most important thing to do when you're reaching a new person is just talking about the great things of God. That when they come into your church and, and they become that, build that relationship with God, they'll deal with their own personal stuff and, and, and they'll have to worry about some of the standards and, and this, that, yeah. and the other. But we wanted as a group to just talk about God's love because that truly is what was important and to us. And things that can apply to anybody. Yeah. And so this whole P7, and, and, and that's what impacts me looking back and thinking about it over a year ago now. And, and I remember one of our last ones um, – it wasn't that – I think probably 40 people were there. It was a little bit smaller than our normal average one. Um, and I, I just remember that. Um, but I just remember it, – it, it, it. obviously we didn't know it was our last one. And we did a couple online ones after that. But that last one in person, if you look back on it, 
I can say without a doubt, I'm proud of what we accomplished because we, I sat there. I didn't even do the lesson, but I remember sitting there and being a part of it and just sitting and going, this is good. And now looking back on it, I, I'm very proud of what we could accomplish. And, and I know peace of us that haven't accomplished that much and have accomplished well more. And, and it, it does, the numbers, obviously, as we said, they matter, but they don't. If you don't have a huge piece seven, you putting in the work matters. That's 100% true. You putting in that work matters. Maybe you don't get to 50 people or if you have a Bible study, maybe it doesn't get that big. Maybe it gets even bigger. You need to worry about that basis. And that's what we were worried on. And that's what when we started and, and when we were going, it was we're going to talk about God and, and we're going to talk about this stuff is we're worried more about what we're giving out than who's coming in. And, and in doing that, God blessed it and it became big. But it wouldn't have done that if we didn't put in that time and effort. If we didn't, we, if we didn't allow ourselves to be multiplied, it would not have happened. I, I truly believe that. Yes. Another thing I noticed when he was talking about that, we kind of got back to the point to where the numbers do matter. They do matter. And they ended up growing, but you shouldn't worry about the numbers. Mm-hmm. The numbers do matter, and you should be focused on always striving for the best and reaching mm-hmm. as many people as you can. And then another thing, too, we did a lot because we had faith, but it wasn't just because of us. It was our faith in God. Yeah. We were doing all we could on our part, but it wasn't because of us. But yeah. In fact, I think that God actually had a part in putting us where we were that yeah. year because I absolutely hated being there, not yeah. because of... And now in hindsight, I don't. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a loudspeaker. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I kind of relate. I really relate yeah. to Moses, what he was yeah. talking about. Yeah, I don't want to speak. That's me. Yeah. And I would, I would try not to do that to God. But it, 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 I'm not a loudspeaker. I really like my PowerPoints, too, to just keep me on track. And we, we couldn't, we didn't have and any I, of those I was tools. Trying, yeah. so, and we did, there was another room that was, there's the auditorium and then there's the other, another room. But those rooms are always used for other things. Yeah, so they so were not even a, remotely yeah. an option. Mm-hmm. So I know I was a little discouraged behind by, by that. And then also there's loud. The janitors would be loud sometimes <laughs> in there. But when you look back, people were, like he mentioned earlier, people were walking through. Pe- everybody in the school knew about the club. Yeah, everybody. everybody. I mean, we had it on the announcements. Too, all, but. All, the, all the flyers and the announcements, people can easily not look at the flyers, don't pay attention to the announcements. But when you're right in their face right. as a as club. Every, yeah. Almost everybody left that way. There's another way to leave, but every almost everybody at least at some point went that way Yeah, to go and leave the building. Whether they were going one way or another, they more passed than likely through passed through room, 90% yeah. of the school at least. And I'm sure everybody had heard of it. But... On top of that, we said there was over 50 in that first, that one meeting. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, we had about 50. Mm -hmm. That's not the whole attendance because there's some people who came and even transferred schools throughout the year and people who didn't come to every single meeting, but that's a seed sowed. We can't control if they keep coming and if they keep eating the pizza that we have there or enjoying the games. But what we can't control is what we sow into their heart. They may not respond now, Mm -hmm. but... That little seed that we sowed, they may not have heard much about God, but they'll know, hey, these people were nice and I knew nothing about the club and they gave me a piece of ice cream. You know, they showed God's love yeah, to us. Absolutely. I think that, that truly has an effect on people. In closing, as, as we close this podcast, just remember to be someone to be multiplied. Work on yourself and try to be someone that is worth being multiplied. God isn't going to multiply the bad things. He's not going to multiply a mess, but he'll multiply you if you put in the time and effort and truly love God and truly fight for people, be disciple makers. If you truly do these things, God will be there for you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast.